coming up on the Louis Diaz podcast. To be honest, this is what changed everything in my life and opened my heart and see the oneness of all and the connectedness of all. Hello, and welcome to the Louis Diaz podcast. Every day, I come across some of the most incredibly fascinating and authentic people from all walks of life. And together, we're inviting you in to be our special guest as we take you through some of their amazing experiences, adventures, and journeys. So sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy this episode of the Louis Diaz podcast. I just want to welcome today's guests. We're going to delve into a journey. It's going to be a journey of I'm going to say a little bit different to the other journeys that people may have heard so far on the Louis Diaz podcast, but I'm so excited to tell this story. Um, So welcome, Hamaima. Hello. Hi, and uh, thank you so much for having me. It's it's a great pleasure to connect in this way. And yeah, very excited to share my journey here. So I guess I gave a little teaser just then to everyone that this is going to be a a bit more of a spiritual-based journey why don't we start with, I guess, who who are you now, where are you in the world, and what are you doing there? <laughs> yes, so yeah, as you said already, my name is Hamaima. This is actually a, a spiritual name that I received in 2016, and mm. that was a big part of my journey. I will tell you more uh, in a moment about that. Uh, I'm in Guatemala right now, and I'm a shamanic practitioner, so I work using earth magic and I work with wisdom keepers from many different traditions, um, working with the elements, working with the medicine of cacao here in Guatemala. It's a, a medicine that's very sacred. Uh, it's chocolate, uh, but we consider the spirit of the cacao the cacao goddess, so it's a very feminine energy. I work with uh, Mayan shamans here, and we hold a lot of fire, so fire is a big medicine for them. And it's a community here, so many people from all over the world will w- visit this place. It's called uh, Lake Atitlan or Lago de Atitlan. Uh, surrounded by volcanoes and uh, it's considered to be a massive energy vortex, uh, a great place for healing and transformation. So that's why a lot of space holders and wisdom keepers from all different traditions will come here and share their work and a lot of people come here who seek healing and uh, transformation and growth. It's not the kind of -of run-of-the-mill everyday sort of experience that you guys are offering there. Right. It seems like something specific at some point in someone's life, they're going to feel like they need to engage with this kind of work. Yeah, Um, I believe that these times we live in, we are in a massive transition period as uh, humanity as a whole, as well as the planet uh, herself. And whereas maybe in previous decades, we could get, still get away with doing the things, the material things, and it's maybe having the nine to five jobs and accumulating possessions and the, the usual, the standard, I'm not saying it's wrong, but for many souls that are on this planet right now, they are actually not fulfilled to be doing jobs that they don't enjoy and spending maybe eight hours or longer a day in an office where they don't really want to be. Maybe in the past, we could just get away with it and think this is what we're doing as humans. Now, more and more people are waking up, which often starts with maybe having depression or a midlife crisis or really not feeling happy in their being and wondering, I have everything, I have a family, I have this job, I have a home, but I'm not happy, I'm not fulfilled. So this is kind of a collective awakening 
that we are going through right now. So people would start seeking out practices that will help them remember who they truly are. And this lifetime is a blink of an eye in the, in the grand scheme of things. But still, we are experiencing this lifetime here right now. So for us, it's everything. And we want to seize the moment. We want to be fulfilled. We want to use our gifts. We want to be fully energized and joyful and creative. And unfortunately, most people um, haven't got quite the outlet for it or haven't quite found the way how to do that. So that's why this vortex is in the world, which there are many. For example, Hawaii, Ibiza, Glastonbury, Machu Picchu um, in Australia, of course, as well. So that's why these places, the energy of these places will draw people there. Although they don't know why they're going, but they feel the soul is uh, moving them in that direction. And then we are here to offer uh, all kinds of things that will help you remember who you really are. I guess what I'd love to know is how did you yourself set off on this journey? Where did you begin and, you know, sort of take us all the way back to that beginning? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so I grew up in rural Germany on a farm and my oldest brother was suffering from depression from very early on. And at the age of 18 or so, he got into drugs, like heavy drugs, heroin. So when I was a teenager, so I was kind of with him in and out of rehab and being in the house and sometimes being left with him to just make sure there's somebody there with him. But I was still quite young myself and I didn't feel quite safe around him. And then he ended up being in a coma and then being severely disabled for around altogether 30 years he passed only two months ago and I was involving myself a lot in horse riding at the time so I had that was kind of the savior for me to spend time with the animals and to really uh, have that connection with nature and so I was spending most of my time with the horses even at some point I was a professional uh, short jumper uh, so I was paid for for competing Mm. Mm -hmm. And I did that maybe until I was 25. And I was still living at the family farm, but I had my own flat in, the, in a building next to the family home. But it was still very much connected to the family and hadn't really spread my wings. Mm. And I was studying law at the same time, more or less, or trying to do both things. Uh, and it was really interesting because if you know me now, we would say, you studied law? Like, how did you ever think that would be good something you could do or you wanted to do. But at that point, I didn't know myself at all. But then quite soon realized this is not really my calling. And also Mm. there was uh, court proceedings regarding my brother and what happened. And it was turned around towards my mom. So my mom was kind of blamed. So I realized that the justice system doesn't have much to do with uh, justice. (laughs) And I stopped and I was focusing on the horse riding, but also the, you know, if you, although I didn't stand still much and I didn't do any meditation at that point, but I still felt this is not really, there's more, there's more. I am living here in this small town and doing the horse riding and it's about uh, winning and who has got the best horse, the best, biggest lorry, the biggest car, uh, competing and my soul was more and more telling me 
this is not for you. This is not for you. And I ended up going to Ibiza. <laughs> and um, because my brother had this history of using drugs, I had never touched anything until I was 25. But then when I went to Ibiza, somehow I started using recreational drugs there. And I don't want to glamorize it at all, but to be honest, this is what changed everything in my life and opened my heart and see the oneness of all and the connectedness of all. And that started me off a journey of at least eight years of just doing that. <laughs> and so I moved to London. I worked in a pub for one year and then I got my first job as a social worker there, which was, was great. And I learned a lot and I still today feel that was a good training for the work that I, I do now. So I work with unaccompanied minors that came to the country. I worked with uh, children in care. I worked in an inner London borough, so it was quite high risk cases. So I would have to go to visit them in secure units, in prisons, in children's homes and foster care. So it was a challenging work. And then after maybe four years of doing that work, I felt I'm depleting myself, I'm burning out. And uh, my relationship, as well as uh, activities at the weekend that were still going on, it was just like not really serving me at all anymore. And I left the relationship and I went off to India. And it's a bit of a cliche because that's uh, how many people's spiritual path or their remembrance started. But it did for me. So I went and the first time I ever did yoga was in, uh, in an ashram in India. And I spent a few months there on my own. I traveled to different ashrams um, and really in, involved myself in that culture. Um, but yeah, it was really a, a first step in my journey mm. and then I met somebody else and we spent some time together and we moved to London and we opened a school for girls who struggle in mainstream education so when one comes back from India one has got this idealistic ideas and uh, wants to change the world so we said okay because of my social work background and there was a big need of supporting these girls which no school wanted and to just really make sure they get an education and we had set up this big thing and had teachers and mentors and everything mm. and very soon uh, it, it worked out that Oh, it turned out that our business partner was quite a big bully and I was in tears literally every day because he, of his way, how he wanted to work together and was really tough. So I, at some point I, uh, I said to my, I think we were married already, my partner at mm. the time, uh, I said, I can't do this. And we ended up losing a lot of, or he ended up losing a lot of money. And I felt, I failed him versus all. I failed the girls that were there. My entire confidence was gone. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to go back to social work. I didn't know what I was good at. So really proper crisis. Mm. And thankfully, uh, Chris, my husband, uh, he was great. And he said, if you really can't do it, don't worry. The money is the money. It's okay. It's gone. And he was really great. So at some point it, I, I could leave and I felt very relieved about it. But then, of course, what now? Mm. I don't even know what I, I want to do, what I'm good at. I, I don't know what to do. And thankfully, I'm, I have a lot of fire and I don't sit around. So after a little bit of moping around and being kind of depressed, 
I uh, started doing voluntary work. Mm. And whilst I was doing that, I, a dear friend of mine taught me about Kundalini Yoga and we went to a class and like you said already, it's such a powerful practice and more and more I attended classes and then after a few months, I started teacher training in Kundalini Yoga and I realized that this was a key and that was really what accelerated my transformation. I always say that Kundalini Yoga, there are many practices, but for me, Kundalini Yoga and plant medicines are the highways in spirituality. So they say there are no shortcuts. You have to do the work, but I fear there are highways and there are country lanes and there are parking spots, right? Sometimes it's good to park, and to, <laughs> but sometimes you want to go fast. Uh, there's usually no time to waste, right? Why waste time? And I, I heard recently, it's really beautiful. I'm sure you have heard it. We are the ones we have been waiting for. So why wait? Right. And then in 2013, we went to Peru for the first time to work with ayahuasca. And uh, that was another big moment uh, that changed a lot. So from Kundalini Yoga, which is very rigid and a lot of rules and it's a lot of like opening through sky, which is great. But what the shamanic work brought in is to the deep connection to the earth and to the elements and the earth magic and knowing the power of the plants and not only the the big heavy weights of the plant medicine world, but like the, the herbs and the, the flower essences and all the beautiful things that, that, that are out in nature. We don't need to take any chemicals for anything. It's all there. So if we remember that ancient wisdom, then everything is provided for us. Mm. Um, and that was so beautiful to, to experience it. So we're in Peru, you're there with your husband at the time, you've discovered plant medicine. Yeah, so I, we go back to London or we went back to London and I started working with cacao that we use to open the heart and to connect to nature, really, and to help people to look at their lives from a different perspective. The Mayan shamans say that the cacao tree walked out of the rainforest because we as humans had lost connection to nature. And that's why the cacao is so well known. And there's a lot of cacao ceremonies all over the world. The cacao spirit realized that we need to connect with nature. And then we will start looking after the planet again. And we will look after the waters and we make sure we don't pollute uh, so much. And so this, I started working with cacao in, in London and I combine it with the uh, taking people on shamanic journeys, meaning that I take them into the invisible realm or the non-ordinary reality realm of spirit, where they can meet their spirit guides, their spirit animals, their inner child, their inner warrior, their higher priestess. So it's like a storytelling that is combined with rhythms like the drum and music, and people get really beautiful messages and guidance for their lives. So that was the work I started doing uh, with cacao. And I was then combining it in retreats with um, Kundalini Yoga. We also used to work with life serpents. And we would bring them for people to overcome fears, for example. You know, so yeah. If I was to do a cacao ceremony with you, with you what, would I, what should I expect? <laughs> um, so... When it comes to what messages you receive, that is totally up to you. Sure. And uh, that can be visual, it can be audible, you can 
sense something. You might just have a, a physical experience where you feel the energy flowing or you feel blockages being removed in your body. So everybody is totally different. And every cacao ceremony is totally different for everyone. Sometimes they have very visual experience and then the same person comes the next week and they don't. So we always say trust the medicine. The medicine will always know what is needed uh, at the time. Okay. Wow. So there is like going back to that sort of theme of of mystery and surrender and trust uh, i guess there's a lot of um, letting go that people need to do when they sort of embark on on this journey right i mean yeah that's probably the the main thing letting go mm. <laughs> letting go of um patterns and self-limiting beliefs and programs old programs you know we are so programmed or many of us and there are traumas that have been and passed on probably from generations so when you work with people and you look back uh, then probably their mother had the same uh, difficulties with with their own mother and so on so there's probably uh, something that has been passed down in the feminine ancestral line or the masculine one. or So you can really see, oh, this has been in the family for generations and they, it's always being brought forward. So the one who is now present will ha- will deal with it. Uh, and fortunately, with the energies present right now, it is much easier to heal. Mm. So, I mean, if I jump back to your sort of journey for a minute, then from Peru to where you are now, what happened in between? In between, life in London was just not uh, what I wanted anymore. So and then we decided to, I had an offer to teach at a big retreat center, like a really beautiful wellness center in Sri Lanka. And then we thought, okay, packed up the life and went off to do that. And that was also when then my husband and I separated. So that kind of set me off on like a nomadic life we came back together briefly we will live together in new zealand for a little while but yeah since then i've been in different many different places and uh, it, i feel it was it's a time of studying and learning and as i said i work with uh, peruvian shamans working with ayahuasca but also in the mountains with the uh, pacos there they work with wachuma i've worked with maori elders in new zealand with first nation american um, you know, working with the uh, sweat lodges, I've uh, worked with the maracanes, with peyote, the mushroom shamans in Mexico, what else, pagans. I, every year I support the Goddess Conference in Glastonbury, which is a big pagan kind of event. So yeah, I've been studying Yawanava in Brazil. They work with Ayahuasca, really beautiful tribe. I'm going to go there as well uh, next uh, year. Uh, so I've been studying different traditions and different plant medicines and collected from everyone what resonated with me. So whatever I offer now has a little flavor of all these different uh, traditions. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, when you immerse yourself in that world so intensely, you come across things that really resonate with you and things that you you might evolve and put your own flavor on like you said for sure for sure because some um yeah everybody is different and everybody resonates with different practices some are a little bit uh they have been shared for a long time and they haven't maybe quite moved on with the time and how the energy has changed so as much as i respect uh that ancient wisdom but i also feel everything has to evolve right so that's why for example kundalini yoga at some point, I felt it hadn't evolved. You can't change anything. It has to be like this way. It has to be taught exactly like that. And I felt like 
No, everything changes. How can this not change? The energies are totally different now. And how can you not trust me to deliver a class feeling the energy of the group, right? So I, there are some practices where I feel like, yeah, some of parts are great. Other parts, maybe uh, they need some time. They need to evolve a little bit, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. And and that's got you to where you are now. So I guess what's the hope for you with your own work and then overall? Yeah, it's an interesting question because I feel like I'm in a big transition again at the moment. Um, I've been supporting many different uh, spaces, so many different shamans I've been supporting all over, which is beautiful and I'm very grateful because I learn learn a lot and I will go and learn more when I go to Brazil uh, next year. But I feel then it is time to really um, bring through my own work. Um, When I was teaching Kundalini Yoga, I would offer retreats and Ibiza and France and and the UK and Sri Lanka. And then I stopped that and I was focusing more maybe on my learning and my my studying. And um, now I feel from all my experience and all that I've done, then it's time to really create my own, which I already do here as well. I hold ancestor prayer circles every week and and cacao ceremonies, but I feel there is more that I can uh, bring through and also really sustain myself financially. That is the thing. For example, I just started a moon family online and we will gather on Zoom every full moon and every new moon. So that's a new thing that I'm doing. And yeah, I'm excited about it. So just feeling, just kind of creating uh, what do I want to offer for the global community as well as for in the places where I am present, you know. Mm. And so are you going to be staying in, in Guatemala then or are you going to be moving somewhere else? I'm leaving here in January, end of January, to go to Brazil for two months and then most likely to New Zealand. There is a possibility of a film project, which I'm really excited about. When I was there last, we shot a trailer and there is some movement now so uh, if that's happening i will go to new zealand in april and then after that spend some time in europe because um i my father passed one year ago and my brother just passed so and i feel i really want to spend a bit more time with them so they're in germany so i will hopefully spend four or five months in europe before i go off again into this part of the world yeah it sounds like um there's a little bit of i guess integration for you, that needs to happen as well. I mean, you mentioned earlier that your your brother had passed. I mean, that would have been like a huge release of some sort for you, right? Uh, it's interesting because I have a... Actually, there was a big part of my healing journey because of how I grew up with him being an addict. And then I remember coming home from horse riding one day. My father said, your brother is going to die. He's in hospital. And the first thought I had was, thank God for that. You know, and then uh, he did not pass and he continued to live for 30 years, like, as I said, in a wheelchair and uh, had to be cared for 24-7 more or less. But it was a long healing journey for me to let go of that, that, um, that guilt of this first response, right? So, and I remember my first, no, it was my first ayahuasca journey. And I remember having this big conversation with his spirit um, and saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about this reaction. I'm so sorry that I didn't see your suffering. I'm so sorry I, I'm not patient with you now when I can't understand you because the speech was affected. Uh, please forgive me. I love you. And he appeared and he said, there's nothing to forgive. You know, I'm always here. I love you. And it was so beautiful. But it took took me a few years to heal that, you know, this first reaction of like, 
because I, I felt I used to hate him. He would affect my entire teenage life. My mother said at some point, I can't remember you as a teenager because they were so focused on him. So, and yeah, it took a few years to really heal that, you know, and that's why if you don't heal these things, they will affect you your entire life. And it's okay. We all have uh, moments where we, where something like this happens or we have made a mistake or you, we feel we have reacted in a, in a way that wasn't appropriate, but we all have that. We are humans. And that's just like, accept that and forgive yourself, you know, like a big journey I had in Peru with Vachuma. Um, it was the first ceremony was, I think, maybe it must have been 300 times, forgive yourself, forgive yourself, forgive yourself. That was a big lesson there. Forgive yourself. You have not done nothing wrong. Forgive yourself. Wow. Love yourself for those for that reaction that you had there. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like, there's so much power in repetition, right? That would be such an intense experience to say that, you know, even even <laughs> 10 times for me would be like, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. something's coming up here. Um <laughs> You're able to talk about all of these things, you know, from your past. Is there still some feeling there? Do you think you're healed or do you think that you're still going through your process? Um, there's always more, more to do. There's always more. Mm -hmm. But also, um, we are not broken. We are perfect as we are with all of our shadowy parts and our icky parts and sticky parts. So sometimes when people start on this spiritual journey, they become uh, processing junkies. It's like, no, I need to heal this and I need to, then this is not right, that is not right. But then you're constantly telling yourself you are not okay. So it's like, yeah, there's always something to heal. There's always something we hold on to maybe or we feel some grief still, but it's it's okay. This is perfect for what it is now. And if it needs to be resolved in whatever way, it will show itself at the perfect opportunity and then one can look at it again. But we always say that the shadow side of you is equally important and beautiful as the light part. And we don't want to just focus on the light. We want to have both because like the night and the the day, right? And mm. the sun and the moon, it, it's important that there's both. We, you know, it's part of the whole, mm. right? Mm -hmm. mm, yeah, I really love that. And I think that's that's a really profound message for the way that we can look at you know life in general but yeah i think what you're saying kind of reminds me that everything has a light side and a dark side the, the, mm -hmm. the earth has a night and a day so yeah yeah that's a really beautiful way yeah and the relationship is your partner is your greatest teacher that's what they say because they mirror you all of your things so you you're seeing suddenly you see all this in you that you maybe don't like about yourself because they will mirror it back to you and then of course it's easy to project it onto them now it's your fault because of you you did this blah, blah blah but really what they do is help you to get to know yourself better yeah absolutely i can attest to that so <laughs> we met through social media i approached you i thought your feed was really interesting then i had a look into some of the work that you do and i was fascinated right but then when I speak with you, I feel very calm. I feel like there's just calmness exuding from the screen. I've got you in front of me on a screen. There's just <laughs> there's a lot of calmness. There's a lot of um, presence. And I think it's because I've sort of fixated myself on it because I'm really trying to um, get to know you and, and put myself in your shoes. A, have you, do people tell you that all the time? And B, do, do you think you've always had that or do you feel that within yourself? Mm -hmm. uh, now I could go into the explanation that I have for it, but it might be a little bit out there. 
<laughs> sure. So I will just go with, um, I think once we have done a certain amount of work in ourselves and uh, found peace in our hearts, then this is what we vibrate out. And I believe that um, I would consider myself as a healer. So what they say a healer is, as a healer, you hold in your energetic field the energy that the people who are attracted to you need to find their own solution for their own healing. And most likely is something that you have gone through in your that I have resolved in myself. I carry that in my energetic field. So this is what you're picking up on. You know, that's, uh, I feel my name, I told you a thing, means... Hamaima means where the heart of the universe is born. Yeah, so beautiful. I feel that's the ener energy of home. That's the energy of home, mm. the source, right? So what, what is the energy of home? We feel safe. We feel mm. calm. We feel like we're belonging. We are welcome. So this is, I feel that's the energies that I have, you mm. know? Mm. Yeah, that's really yeah. beautiful. And um, I encourage everyone to head over to your website to get to know more about the work that you do. It's Hamaima dot com isn't it right h a m a i m a yeah that's com. it right and yeah instagram hamaima love yeah fantastic. so there's more information and more i i share what i consider new earth guidance on instagram so if if some of the listeners are struggling a bit at the moment then uh, the instagram is a really good way of being connected, knowing what's going on with the moon, it's going on what's going uh, on energetically, and to just maybe help you to understand a little bit what we are going through as a collective right now. It's been such a pleasure to speak with you. Um, thank you so much for the time that you've taken to record with me. I know we've had a couple of little hiccups along the way, <laughs> um, but you've been really great. Is there anything that you wanted to leave the, the audience with? Anything at all? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we live in magical times and we live in a big time of transformation and it might seem like a, a huge upheaval and a turmoil and that's also okay. This is all part of the process. It's like a, a releasing, like we said before, a big letting go of the denser energies. So if you feel there are some people in your life who are holding this energy of home that we just discussed and there seem to be like this calm islands in this in the in the wild seas then i highly recommend to navigate towards those islands and and hang out with those people and find your tribe find those people who are really making changes how they live they grow their own food they look after the environment they uh, do their practices. Um, they don't live in a state of fear. They're choosing love over fear every moment. So find those people and hang out with them because it will then absolutely change your own frequency as well. So that's what I can give as a little advice. Mm, yeah, that's so beautiful because I guess it doesn't involve, you know, going and signing up for a certain course or going to a studio of any sort. It is you know mm -hmm. just looking at what's around you what already exists and hopefully yeah. what, what what is already in your field of presence you know hopefully yeah and nature has all the answers right mm. uh, spend more time in nature connect to the trees go into the waters bring offerings to the to the waters to the mountains uh, they love tobacco um, you know, make prayers and connect and kneel and kiss the earth. And it's a privilege to walk on this planet right now. It is a privilege. And um, we should really, really, really honor this uh, big opportunity that we have right now. Mm. Wow. 
um, beautiful message. Uh, really, honestly, it's been such a pleasure to be, to speak with you and get to know you better and to have you as part of the podcast. Um, I know that there's going to be people out there that are going to really value all the wisdom that you've brought to us today. And also having sort of, you know, being given a little bit of insight into your own personal story. I know it might not always be easy to tell, but it seems like you've done a lot of work uh, and maybe told it a lot of times, right? To, to sort of get to a place where you're you're okay to share that. But um, yep. yeah, look, it's, we're super very, very, very grateful uh, to for having you here today. And um, yeah, I think at the end of every episode, I do a little round of applause um, for my guests <laughs> and um, just say woohoo. Um, so I guess on three, I'm going to clap. You can clap too if you like. But um, yeah, one, two, three, woohoo. Hey, Hermione, thanks so much for, for being uh, here. It's been so good uh, to have you. And um, yeah, I can't wait to keep keep in touch. Yeah, thank you for having me and thank you for all that you do and sharing uh, interesting life stories that maybe will move people to make, make some changes in their own lives. So um, thank you for, for what you do and thank you for finding me. And um, yeah, looking forward to connecting again. Much love. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Louis Diaz podcast. To find out more about any of our guests and catch additional photos and content from this episode, find us on Instagram at Louis Diaz Podcast. <laughs>